Hi. Welcome back to the podcast, folks. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 3, senior year, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And my name is Tyler. And today we're talking about Minute 60 of High School Musical 3, senior year. Minute 60 starts out with Taylor saying that the future is not only calling, but it's calling loud and clear. Oh, wow. And she should grab it while she can. And ends with Taylor hugging Gabriella. Oh, they love each other. Everything's happy and going well. No. Oh, it's not going well? No. Taylor has thoughts and opinions, and Gabriella does not like them, and Gabriella has thoughts and opinions, and Taylor does not like them. That's not what I wanted to hear, they say to each other. Indeed. (laughs) So they're talking about Gabriella thinking about Stanford, not wanting to miss out on the play, and Taylor's like, what are you talking about? This is your future. Why are you not following the plan as it's laid out before you and gabriella's she has reservations yeah she's she's, and not at a restaurant no no (laughs) the future is not calling her here in her opinion and yes this is this is a minute about um friendship and supporting each other yeah and gabriella is very hurt by taylor in this taylor's very forceful here on what are you talking about? This is the plan? Like, what? why would you want to defer? St- they don't use the word defer, but that's the sentiment coming across is Taylor's like, oh, or Gabriella's like, oh, maybe I'll take a year off. And Gabriella also says to Taylor, can you stop being my mom and start being my friend? Which is a great sentiment. Yeah, but I don't know if it, I don't know if it like has the, well, it certainly doesn't have the effect that she wants it to have, nor does it like necessarily mean what she thinks it means. Like, Taylor's your friend. This is how Taylor is. Like, ta- Taylor's friendship is to help push you to strive for bigger and better things. But that's also what her mom does. Even if her mom has become more accepting of the theater stuff, which we don't really know, but her mom's also been super forceful. And like Gabriella reflected earlier, like, my mom's embarrassing me by talking about Stanford so much. I think her mom assumes that Gabriella, Gabriella like is happy with her choices. Yeah. And Taylor on a like like we were saying on a similar sort of note has this idea of Gabriella being capable of a lot and want it, and her version of support is to to push her to go for the things that are out of reach for other people and may even seem out of reach for Gabriella. But but not in a helpful way, not listening to Gabriella or reflecting on the current vibe of the room. Yes, and this is the sort of Instagram and TikTok version of like quote unquote girl talk if you if you choose to believe it. Um that sometimes when you vent to someone or complain or say or share your feelings you're not looking for a solution but just looking Mm -hmm. to be heard yes and that is not specific to any gender but maybe an overall trend Mm -hmm. correlation is not causation yeah but it certainly does seem like taylor is not receiving or taylor's not giving the empathy she's not receiving gabriella's feelings here she's trying to force things onto gabriella and Taylor's also reacting very strongly to things like she raises her voice and mom can hear it from wherever mom is sitting. She says what? Very loudly. And Gabriella says, and we cut down to To Mrs. Montez or Miss Montez flipping through the mail, sitting on a chair next to a little lamp and a picture of Gabriella holding a trophy. 
Yeah. Which is pretty dang cute. P- pretty good cutaway joke. Like, it's not like actually a joke, but through film language, that's what you do. And it's well executed. What we don't get is like the muffled sound of Gabriella and Taylor talking. Like, if you hold that for an extra second and hear the muffled sound of two girls talking in the upstairs bedroom, like, that's a pretty funny joke. It would be, but I don't think it would fit the sentiment of the moment, nor would it fit, like, Miss Montez. Yeah. It's it's hard to know exactly if we're meant to assume that Miss Montez is not hearing what they're saying, or if she's hearing every word and just choosing to ignore it. Yeah. But... Gabriella really, she doesn't quite get across to her she d- in that moment. She She's like, maybe I'll stay here. Maybe I like being in Albuquerque. Like, I think there's a difference here. Like, Taylor is new to Albuquerque. It's not the place she's always been. Gabriella is so, new to Albuquerque. Yes, yes, sorry. Gabriella is new to Albuquerque, and it's not the place she's always been. So when Taylor's like, oh, you got to get out, that's Taylor's personal opinions talking there, more so than Gabriella's. Yeah. My thought on it is related to what Gabriella says here or her response to Taylor. Taylor says, you're not making any sense. And Gabriella says, maybe I don't want to make sense. Maybe she wants to stop making sense and put on a big suit suit and tour the country (laughs) and and dance with a lamp. Um, But no, I want to say that joke. But really. The idea that, uh, you know, being 17, 18 years old and be like, you know what? I want to do something reckless or something. I want to do something that I'm going to regret or do something that is going to make me feel a certain way, even if it's bad um, or even if it's not the right decision. I want to feel like I have agency in my life or that I'm choosing to do something, which is a lot like what Troy's going through. Yeah, and... That's a very normal teenage behavior to have all these forces surrounding you and being like, I just want one thing that feels like mine. Yeah. And I know it doesn't make sense to everybody else. And maybe it doesn't make sense in my head, but I like the way you phrase it. But it's mine. Yeah. It's not symmetrical or perfect, but it's mine. <laughs> That's not my Twitter but bio. But it's beautiful and it's mine. That's not my I'm, Twitter I'm quoting bio. Encanto. Your your Twitter bio was, was a Tim Minchin Tim quote. Minchin. Oh, you're it's, oh, you're doing the Isabella. <laughs> I was, yeah, no, I just. This is my brain, and I live in it. Is yours? Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I'm gonna have that song stuck in my head. But it's beautiful, and it's mine. What else can I do? What else can I do? <laughs> so, Gabriella poses the idea of deferring Stanford and maybe take, maybe a, take a couple classes at U of A. Classes at U of A, you know, get the gen eds out of the way. Yeah, and honestly, like that's not a bad idea. Look, <laughs> do I do I fully support anyone taking whatever logical career path and an educational path that suits them, whether that be community college or state school that leads into something else? Yes. Does it make any sense For in Gabriella? the con- in the context of this movie? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the college option positivity being displayed here because so much of other high school media is this is your only path how dare you stray from the path and like yeah it's interesting because i feel like a lot of sitcoms have sort of done this route i'm i'm thinking of like the boy meets worlds 
of the world where like they all went to college and mr feeney went to college even though <laughs> sean had no business going to college but but like shows like this where like the conversation becomes like well why is topanga going to the same school as whatever the main character's Corey. name cory because like she's obviously smart and should be going off and doing these wonderful things but no she's sticking around here it happens because in she loves him it happens in that 70s show too with donna, donna like donna sticks around to be with eric and it's like okay i get that like we're keeping the cast of this story together for you know money making purposes we like this sitcom and we want to keep the characters together and it does create this thing of like choosing love over career and that is a thing that happens it's always the woman choosing to stay yeah. with the boyfriend. I do like, so, counterpoint, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. When she goes to college, she leaves Harvey behind. <laughs> and that, it, like, she has other relationships and explores other paths and friends yeah. before going back to Harvey Other boyfriends, the yeah. <laughs> Which it- is arguably one of the greatest finales of <laughs> any show. The, them throwing the soul stones over their back as they ride away on a motorcycle is just Aww, so cute. cute. The actor who plays Harvey is cute. He is. <laughs> yeah, he's a lovable dork. Uh, it's trodden ground, though, in ter- especially in terms of, like, TV movies and, like, yeah. things that children have probably seen on TV already if they're, you know, watching after-school sitcoms. I don't think anything like this happens in Full House. That's, like, the traditional after-school sitcom in my brain. Yeah. we DJ goes to college, but it's not really about her. Yeah. So. Nor is it about Steve. God. <laughs> she also ends up with Steve at the end, too, which is really dumb. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there's this idea of, like, people wanting to stay to be with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Because it's scary. It's, a, like, college is a huge change, and that's part of, like... The teenage brain struggling with permanence, like that's that's probably one of the scariest things that like But that's another interesting path that could be taken. Like, hey, you're challenging yourself, you're stepping outside of your comfort zone. And that could be the character arc of Gabriella. It could be like, oh, Troy thinks I'm gonna stay and go to U U of A, but actually I secretly want to go to Stanford. Like that but could I be th- the story. But I think it well, it's the reverse is She's not communicating with Troy that she may actually end up staying. And Troy's like, well, where do I go? Oh, yeah. Because if Troy goes to Juilliard and Gabriella defers. Yeah, that could be interesting. I don't see the movie doing something like that. But who knows? Yeah. We still have no idea who's going to get into Juilliard. I hope it's Ryan or Kelsey, I suppose. We have an hour left of this movie, Tyler. Yeah, well, we're an hour into the movie. We are. It feels like they have set up story and character ideas, but it also feels like nothing has happened. <laughs> well, we have TR Gold. Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the Sandman? No. Rocket Man? The Rocket Man. <laughs> yo, 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 it's lunchtime. Yo, 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 it's lunchtime. But Taylor. Yeah, the argument comes to a head. Head when. Taylor's like, you're clearly not thinking clearly because all you're thinking about is Troy. He's boy crazy. And I know he's (laughs) your first crush. And then the room stops. Which honestly, like, that is really harsh. And and I'll give credit to Vanessa Hudgens here when she says, maybe I'll stay, go to U of A. Like, she does a good face there. And then when she turns and... Not a, not a full glare, but like a half glare. She's hurt. At Taylor. Like, she, she, she has genuine hurt. It's TV acting, but it's good TV acting. Yeah. I think 
I think Vanessa's killing it here. I think she's doing a great job. And then Taylor gets up to sort of walk over to Gabriella and be like, okay, let's take a pause. Yeah, I was not being your friend there. You're right. I'm not going to come up with a snappy comeback. You're right. I was not being your friend there. I was being your mom because that is totally like a mom (laughs) statement of like, I know he's your first crush. And first crush is such a infantilizing thing thing to say. Your first crush is... You know, maybe when you're 10 or 12 or 14, like... Yeah, not someone you've been in a relationship with for over a year. Yeah. Like, she's wearing her T for Troy necklace. He's your first love, but not your first crush. Yeah. And maybe that diminutive nature of her statement, like, enhanced the... Like, Gabriella is wondering, oh, am I over thinking the seriousness of this relationship but if it feels serious to her it feels serious to her like that's perfectly valid yeah we're navigating the complicated teen emotions again it it feels like we're talking about the emotions in a pretty effective way the problem is that the the whole foundation of these emotional conflicts is like this whole stanford thing which is like oh no we've said many times it's just like it doesn't make that much sense but anyway it seems like we're going to resolve this conflict in the style of Full House and Encanto, with a loving hug. With a hug. Hugging it out. <laughs> but seems like we should move on to our decom segment. What do you think, Condra? Sure. Cue the music. So we're still doing decom segments, even though the, the schedule of the show is a little weird. Just to keep the schedule intact while we're in this weird time, on and the, then we'll get back to normal after eight weeks. On the even numbers, we're still going to do the decom segment. And Condra, I've got a classic Disney movie for you. Oh, boy. Not a decom, as it were. Not a decom. But a 1960 Ooh. family adventure film from the Walt Disney Picture Studio. Yes. Entitled Toby Tyler. Or... Ten weeks with a circus. What? <laughs> oh my goodness! This sounds a weird live action. If I've ever heard one, I don't know how we went this long without choosing a, a movie with Tyler in the title. I know. Well, this but you is... usually don't go for the old sixties movies. I don't. I usually go for a decom, pure, not a Disney movie. But um... all right. So nineteen sixty, ten days with a circus. Toby Tyler. Yeah. Toby Tyler's the name of the main character. He's played by Mark Corcoran, who I think was also in a couple of the other classic Disney movies of that era, including The Shaggy Dog and Swiss Family Robinson. Yo! And Savage Sam, which was not Uh a title I was expecting to say today. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh! But yes, he's sort of the... He's the Toby Tyler character, obviously. He's the teen boy... Okay. Ten days I spent with the circus. It's just ten days with a circus. With a circus. It was based on a book of the same name. Ten days with a circus. Who's the author? The author is James Otis Kaler. It was written in 1880. Ouch. So it's like an old... (laughs) Ouch. It's old circus. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you think happens in Toby Tyler's Ten Weeks with a Circus? Well, I think... (laughs) I think he joins the circus. <laughs> I think he joins the circus. So, okay. So something, I'm going to pick what the catalyst movement to make him run away from home to go to the circus. I think it's his mom, he's close with his mother and his dad's kind of mean to him. Is it a stepdad? No. Okay. I think it's a regular dad. Or a 
biological, I don't know, not regular dad. Regular dad's the wrong word I'm looking for here. But like a normal dad, because there's only one type of dad that's normal, Condra no. says. No. <laughs> so his dad's like kind of abusive and like alcoholic. And, Where are they living? Uh the Midwest. <laughs> Farmstead type deal. Farmstead type deal. And his mom gets really sick. Maybe she's, like, pregnant with another child and doesn't make it through childbirth. Ooh. I know. <laughs> Serious old Disney Serious movie. Serious old Disney movie. <laughs> and he's so heartbroken, and his dad just gets worse because he's grieving in, an, like, a uncomfortable for the rest of the family way. So he runs away to join the circus who's passing through town. And he's like, I don't care what I do. I just need to not be at home, basically. And... He starts doing odd jobs, like he helps put up the tent, he shovels the elephant poop, he wrangles horses, because he's got, like, that farmer boy energy to him, so, like, they're like, yeah, you can do this grunt work that no one else likes to do, and he's like, I don't care, I'm just away from that bad situation. And he's starting to make friends, and, like, maybe he learns, he, like, befriends one of the clowns and, like, starts to learn juggling Okay, like so I was going to say, does he get an act in the circus, or is he just in the background? I think he starts to develop an act, but, like, around week eight... That's what it is. It's ten weeks with the circus, not a year with the circus, no, or I know. my life with the circus. It's I, ten weeks. I know. I'm working on it. So around week eight, he gets this letter from his younger sibling, who's like, I know... Not the baby that was not born. Not the baby that was born. Like, he's got a couple of young there's like he's like one of six children or something okay. like that and one of the older ones sends him a letter and it somehow finds him and he reads it and there's like the sad voiceover of like the child <laughs> reading the letter and he's like man i do miss my family i didn't realize so much and he like has to go through this like emotional reckoning like do i forgive my father and like a maybe his aunt, his sister's, his mother's sister comes to the house and has reshaped things. Or, like, the father has somehow cleaned up his act in some way, and the, that's what is conveyed in the letter. Like, the child, his sibling is like, oh, this person has come in. The house is cleaned up now. Dad's not drinking anymore. We're, we're trying to get there kind of thing. So the emotion is on going back home, not on leaving the circus? Yes. Well, no, he's created this little family here and maybe he started to get a crush on one of the tightrope walkers or something. <laughs> and he he talks to the jolly and kind circus leader and he's like, hey, I know I was going through these things and I really appreciate it, but it seems like my family needs me, even though you're part of my family. And like they're starting to make their way back toward like they've been doing a like a. Um, Midwest circuit kind of thing and they're going to be close-ish to where he lives so that he's going to depart at that stop kind of thing and maybe in his last week like the horses get out or something like something big and dramatic happens it's like oh is he actually going to leave like not that there's a fire at the circus but like it's it seems like there's a Spider-Man situation where it's he has to save the children, the children or, or save the, yeah but but he somehow does both? Both, yeah. Spider-Man always does both. Spider-Man does both. <laughs> so I think, yeah, like maybe like the prize horse gets away or something. He's developed a good relationship with it. So like he 
rescues the horse from the situation and then still manages to leave at the right time to get home to his family and yeah, have a big a reconciliation. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. It's my 10 weeks in a circus. Very serious at the beginning and then sort of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> those movies always out. <laughs> start out. They all, I mean, Swiss Family Robinson does that. There's this big dramatic marooning situation. All right. Well, obviously you, you got, you got some stuff, but yeah, the title the title is kind of a bit. But here's the uh, here's the Google description: Little Orphan Boy Toby Tyler. So he's he's younger. He's little. I'm gonna show I'm gonna show you a picture. You'll see that he's like nine or ten. Then you'll see another character in the he's picture. A monkey. <laughs> he has a chimpanzee friend. So little orphan Toby Tyler runs away to join a traveling circus, following a quarrel with his foster parents. Aunt Olive and Uncle Daniel. Under the big top, Tozy is exposed to a magical new world that includes a wacky chimpanzee named Mr. Stubbs. But the boy's friendship with paternal candy seller Harry Tupper is considerably less endearing, especially when Tupper starts showing his mean-spirited true colors. So it's kind of a classic tale of um, escaping to the promised land and it's not everything that it that you Dragon. dreamed of. Um, I suppose. Yeah. So he's a younger boy. He's an orphan. He doesn't get along with his aunt and uncle. He joins the circus, befriends this chimpanzee. He develops like a like a horse act or something, I think. Um, but then the uh, the evil, you know, sort of circus man is keeping the letters from the aunt and uncle mm. from him. And uh, yeah, he, he does bareback riding uh. on the horse. And eventually he tries to run back to his aunt and uncle with Mr. Stubbs, but there's a hunter that tracks them down and Mr. Stubbs accidentally gets shot by the hunter. Oh my God. And then the guy from the circus comes and drags them back to the circus so they don't get away. But at the circus, his aunt and uncle are there to watch the circus and they reunite. And then another one of the sort of good circus performers helps helps them beat the evil circus guy um they confront him and get the mail back and then mr stubbs survives and does oh, a horse trick with toby okay on the horse and it's a big happy ending seems like the movie was relatively successful this is 1960 so half decent efficiently told story of uh you know, circus fun with a chimpanzee and a young child. Oh, yeah, that is totally up yeah. that yeah. Like, movie alley there. Seems like um, Variety called it a warm-hearted, chucklesome film with a script that has a number of good laughs and consistently maintains interest even for the more sophisticated adults. So it seems like people respected it, but in the grand scheme of things, it obviously didn't no, leave. It's not one of the Disney classics. It didn't leave a lasting impression, but um, Kevin Corcoran is, like a, is considered in the canon of disney performers a disney legend yeah yeah no i yeah he definitely is i mean which is like an official title for some reason it is no the people get awards <laughs> and um you know people like the chimpanzee it's just that what we take for granted in today's world is that there's um this disney sheen that is on disney properties a sort of like, hey, this is the family friendly. This is the yeah. feel good movie that wasn't necessarily universal back then. That was the brand that Disney was. This is the thing that families can enjoy. And it's always going to be a certain 
level of quality. Yeah. And that's what this movie's delivering on more than like being particularly good. It's being wholesome yep. family fun yep. in the classic 1960s Disney way. But it's not doing a fantasy trope or anything like that. So I can see why it's not remembered. Yeah. It is not on Disney Plus. Darn. Maybe it's on YouTube. We'll have to look into it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was a decom. Cool. Thank and you. minute 60. And minute 60. Thank you. That was an interesting one to hear about. I totally see how that fits into the live action lineup <laughs> of the Disney of Disney around that time. So that makes perfect sense to me. Yep. Well, until next time, you can find us on social media. We're at Amateur Nerds on Instagram. At Wildcat Minute on Tumblr. We can be emailed to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, what's your favorite circus movie? Send us that in an email. Is it Big Fish? It's probably Big Fish. Or Dumbo. Or Dumbo. Tim Burton Dumbo or original Dumbo? Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T. Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I have been Condra. I've been Tyler. We'll see you next time to find out if Gabriella and Taylor forgive each other. You can bet on it.